Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 206, entitled FOMO versus No FOMO. It was published on Thursday the 19th of November 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and just a couple of quick things before we begin. Black Friday is just around the corner and love it or hate it, it's going to happen anyway. There's a ton of WordPress deals out there and we have curated them for you. Head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash black. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash black and you'll find a searchable, filterable list of all of the WordPress deals for Black Friday and Cyber Monday that we can find. If you feel that we've missed a deal, there's an add your deal button at the top right and you can add your deal and we'll try to get that on the page. I have to be perfectly honest, there are a few affiliate links on there, but if you feel that there's any value in WP Builds, this is a very nice, easy way that you can help us out. It certainly does help to keep the lights on. So once more, wpbuilds.com forward slash black. The other page to mention would be wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. That is a page where you can keep in touch with all that we do. You will be able to, for example, sign up to some newsletters and you'll also be able to join our Facebook group of over 2,700 very polite WordPressers. I don't know if you've noticed, but we're no longer producing the audio for the WP Builds weekly WordPress news. We're doing it in a slightly different way now. Each Monday at 2pm UK time, we're going to be doing something which we're calling This Week in WordPress. It's a live event involving me, Paul Lacey, and a couple of other people in the WordPress community chatting about the week's news in WordPress. And then what we're going to do is we're going to repurpose that. You can find the video and the audio, which will be sent out as a podcast, over on the wpbuilds.com website. If you hover over the links at the top, you'll find the archive, and it's called This Week in WordPress. Hopefully the new format is something that you will approve of. Go and take a listen. I'd very much appreciate any feedback that you've got. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Beaver Builder, Elementor and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, what have we got for you today? It's David Wormsley and I having a chat. It's called FOMO versus No FOMO. And, well, FOMO, I hope you know, it stands for Fear of Missing Out. And it's all about the the ways that you can market things. Scarcity. How can you deploy this with your WordPress website clients to get more clients? How can they deploy it to get people to buy their stuff? We're in that time of the year, Black Friday, when FOMO is raging. And so David and I have a nice chat and hopefully you'll find something of use in the podcast episode. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, today's debate is FOMO versus no FOMO. And this one's going to be our penultimate debate. It's the painful, drawn-out episode before the edge-of-your-seat, nail-biting end of season finale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's terrible. Uh, It's also probably the most ironic of all the titles because literally... 
no one will have a fear of missing out on this based on the title alone, will they? <laughs> it's entirely true. I was going to draw that comparison if you hadn't. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got to set up the debate here, what we're talking about. So there's a lot of things that were thrown into this one. There's the angle first of as a marketing tool, should be be using this when building client sites, trying to invoke FOMO or encouraging clients to do that. And then we've got the other personal side of it, haven't we, um, mm. which we've talked about before, whether a FOMO kind of affects our buying of WordPress-related software, which yeah. it certainly does. Yeah. Mm. The, 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 sort of, and, the strange thing about this one, sorry to interrupt your preface there, um, is that... I think no matter whether you agree with it or not, there are certain situations in where it's effective. So I suppose any marketer would tell you, well, if it works and it's legal, then it should be allowed. But we'll explore whether it's moral, maybe as much as whether it's legal. Yeah, because uh, well, you were telling me about a documentary that you've watched, a popular Netflix one, and mm. that kind of taps into this whole thing, this concern generally about... The, our culture and how it's changing because of FOMO or yeah. FOMO related things. Yeah. So I, you're gonna I'm 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 gonna go pro, aren't I, on this one? I'm gonna I'm gonna argue the case for using FOMO. Yes. Yes. Mm. And I and I think you've got a really strong, fairly straightforward case, you know, in terms of its um its legacy or its sustainability. I don't know if that's such a strong case, but in terms of whether it works or not, I think it's a bit of a slam dunk. I can't I cannot argue with much of what you're about to say, but hopefully we'll be able to chip away at some aspects of it. So, yeah, interesting debate. For for those of you that don't know, we're going to take FOMO to be not just in terms of sales, but really any any kind of fear response that you've got when marketing comes your way, whether that's fear of missing out, but it could also encompass things like scarcity um, and other things like that. So it's not just fear of missing out on a particular product at a particular time. It might be based upon how many units of it are available, or it might be the time of year or the time of day or whatever it might be. Any any way in which you can get people to respond positively by introducing some aspect of fear into the equation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll start off, shall I, really sure. with it? I think it, it does seem like, I mean, FOMO is a sort of kind of modern term and it's a, and I think it's a reaction to the kind of fast-paced, short attention span consumption of information that we've now got on the net. And I think, you know, it's something that we, in terms of sort of selling it to clients, I feel that I, I always need to say you've got to place in a sense of urgency because people are now on multiple devices they've got very limited attention you've got to do something to grab them mm-hmm. you can't in terms of their copy a lot of them would just do the usual stuff we're a family-run business we've been running for the blah de blah de blah stuff that nobody reads any longer so mm. i've always felt there's a need to sort of introduce many of the aspects scarcity and urgency all of those kind of things that make up FOMO into websites in order to just level things out, just get a chance to be seen. Yeah. It's interesting because if you were to rewind the clock to when both you and I were children, basically the Mm -hmm. range of things that you could purchase were largely limited by geography. That is to say, you know, where the town in which I grew up, 
the 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 range of shops that were within walking distance or a short drive <laughs> that was the constraints mm. on what i could buy so you know if I, if my parents needed a sofa it very likely came out of a shop within a few mm. miles of where we lived and if i wanted to buy some music it would be limited by what the the shop had available or what they could order for me so you know my expectations of things was really limited whereas now there's just no limit there's literally no limit whatsoever i could buy absolutely anything at any point just by browsing on amazon the the limits of what i could buy really totally governed by the geography and now there is no such limitation i mean especially with giant international corporations like amazon the i could buy anything at any point literally almost any item that's available on the planet i could have on my doorstep by this time tomorrow just about um and so that means that the the competition and the 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 marketing that needs to be done to push your product through is much more difficult you know you've really got to cut through a, a almost a trillion other products to get my attention span and because of that you need other tactics and this just feels like a really perfect tactic for those people who are trying to push something it's interesting how it works on the web though how do you is there anything that you offer any product that's related to you know wordpress website building which encapsulates an aspect of fomo um not really but it's, no. it's really just that i think with with clients i mean I guess one of the last sites I built, they they've introduced an element of that because they're going to do of their product. The first ten builds are going to go at a one-off lower price, mm. you know. So they've they've. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't something I suggested. It's just something that they thought of themselves. Mm. But I think you know that's the kind of attention span. That's the kind of thing they needed to do. But I didn't see any of their competitors doing didn't have an element of that anywhere and maybe they did it because i was suggesting when you did a, a landing page there were certain elements certain psychological triggers that you wanted to get people to respond to so maybe they came up with that idea based on something that i'd said yeah so i i guess in some way i'm why i'm arguing for fomo is that i feel there's an a necessity if you like to bring forward all those kind of psychological they are tricks but you know, it is just understanding your audience, really, isn't it? How do, people are and... Yeah, do you, know, do you have days. any insight? Because I know that you've got a, a background in psychology and, you know, whilst you're not a sort of PhD in psychology, you've got more of an understanding of it than I have. Do, do you know, is this is this something that most of us are susceptible to? Is this some kind of aspect of human nature, our biology, that, that we can largely be fooled by and and if so have marketers been doing this forever or is this something entirely new I'm, the reason i say that is because it feels like some of these tricks have been deployed throughout my <laughs> yeah. life you know we'd have christmas sales or january sales and so on in the shops and and there was definitely an element of you know this stuff is going to run out there's going to be scarcity the price is going to drop for a very small amount of time you know get in there yeah. fast otherwise it'll disappear so there was an element of that but it it didn't feel as if it was as ramped up and as hyper tuned as it is now 
No, honestly, and I don't know because, you know, I did it, I did psychology as an academic subject, but I think most of the stuff that's usable, that's used in marketing is more pop psychology and mm. you learn more from those kind of things. So honestly, I don't know. I can't think of like academic studies with any of the things related to this. So no. I know no more than you. It so. does feel like it, it, it more successful than ever possibly on the internet because of the, the, the way that messages can be spread so readily and quickly in uh, Facebook posts or Facebook groups and so on. And, you know, you have these little enclaves. So we have a, a plethora of WordPress related Facebook groups. And so the, 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 the message can spread like wildfire if a really good deal comes along within a matter of days, just about everybody that you want to access who's a WordPress uh, fan or might have need of the plugin, for example, that you're selling, they can yeah. all be alerted to this um, this limited time offer, whatever it might be, and and so that that it just feels like the tools that we've got now enable this to happen much more effectively. So maybe 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 it's been going on for ages, but it feels like it's much more prevalent now than it ever was. Yeah, and we've always, and like you alluded to, the fact that there's always been like the January sales, or we've got Black Friday and Cyber Monday, haven't we? Which mm. I think is global now because of the internet. I mean, we never really had that in the UK before. Um, and But I think these are kind of like socially accepted. It's a game. If you didn't take part in that, it, mm. it's very difficult not to take part in that. There's an expectation on all suppliers to, to take part in it because people save up for these things they know it's coming and I think it's seen as a game but you know there's one thing about FOMO that's used I think a lot or when it's done well it's got a sense of exclusivity as well about it so um, you'll often find there's there might be a special deal but that deal has been negotiated with somebody who runs a lifetime deals Facebook group or it's just for AppSumo people or whatever there's a sense of like only you are going to get this deal right now yeah yeah I, I do know what you mean it the, the messaging seems to be so persuasive and, and I know that at various times you and I have fallen foul of this to the point where <laughs> I've parted with money which you know for me and I'm sure is the case with you money is not a commodity that I treat lightly you know I purchase things mm. in the in the real world based largely upon need you know i need a particular thing like i don't know i might need a lawnmower or i might need a new carpet or whatever it might be and i need those things so i judiciously go out and research and and look into things but somehow the whole lifetime deal fomo trigger seems to short circuit that whole process and and work very effectively mm. managing to managing to get me to part with money for something that I'm not entirely sure I even need often. And that's the yeah. bit that I fail to understand about myself. I don't I don't quite understand how over the years with things like AppSumo and, you know, now increasingly these Facebook groups that are offering similar lifetime deals and so on, I end up parting with money for things that I think I might need at best and often at worst yeah. just think, well, that'd be good to have. And it just, in most cases, sits around doing nothing. And so what I'm trying to say here in a sort of rambling way is that I am really guilty of this and it absolutely works on me. It totally manages to somehow pull the levers in my head that need to be pulled to get me to part with money for a non-rational cause. 
Yeah, and you've made me, I mean, we've talked for so many years now, and you've made me realize that I am like you in the fact that sometimes it works on me and I'm looking for these kind of deals and I get caught up in the formula. Sometimes I just completely reject it and all of those kind of, that kind of marketing is not going to work on me because I know I've bought stuff or I'm not in the market. So I think we, we go through waves. So I, I think both you and I do treat it a little bit like a game. Mm. You know, we, we know the deal. It's really interesting about this stuff as well is that the, the, so you go into a Facebook group or you go onto AppSumo or something like that where the, this kind of tactic is, is widely used. And, mm. and it, it, it manages to encourage so much commentary. So there might be a lifetime deal and it might run to hundreds of people commenting upon it. Whereas if, if that <laughs> same product were not on a lifetime deal, you can guarantee that it would have almost zero interaction. Yeah. The mere fact that it's on a lifetime deal and there's a chance that this could be of great value and there's a chance that you could use it seems to propel it. it, it you know, 10x is the interest in it. So even yeah. if they don't sell things, they've kind of done a great job at marketing themselves, if nothing less. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's play, it is playing into lots of negativity in a way, but uh, things that maybe not good about us as human beings, the keeping up with the Joneses type thing, you know, so if you see other people are doing it, you really need to be in with that as well. And people take great pride in having bought stuff and telling other people in groups what they do own. Um, and particularly, they enjoy the moment, I guess, when it's out of the deal and you own it and you know it costs other people a lot more money, you know, that's, <laughs> that's some of the joy of, of buying some of this stuff. And I, it's maybe not such a positive thing. I, I think where FOMO can be quite positive is when it budges somebody to buy something which might have been good for them, but they might not have done. So, I mean, I've got an example that I put here that, that I thought of with, you know, we talked about the magic email about how we use that to try and get clients to talk to us when mm. they seem to be kicking the tires or they've disappeared and in many cases that's the case with me there's a lot of people you think they really did need to get on with that website it would probably earn them some money it would probably help them with their businesses but they just leave it so some sort of sense of creating some urgency with that is probably in their interests and also i think there's a couple of purchases we were talking about this recently about that we've bought from AppSumo that we may not have bought, but we're pleased we did. Mm. Um, better Uptime was one of mine and um, not AppSumo in this case, Hexometer, I'm going to mention those. Two products that did lifetime deals, which I was slightly cynical about because I could do without them. My business didn't need them, but I'm so pleased I got them. Yeah, it's interesting. So it pushes you towards making purchases um, not necessarily based upon common sense. And in some cases, it turns out well. But I'm sure that many yeah. of us can point to examples where we've been sucked in by the fear of missing out on something. And it's just sort of backfired. I mean, some of the counter... Am I all right to raise some counter arguments at this point? Or have, we, mm, have you got please. more that you wish to say first? No. Okay. No, I'll try and counter you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So many of these have been kind of like raised by you. But um, so... Just from a, I think straying into territory here, which I don't really have the um, the credentials to stray into, but I'm going to anyway. The the fear of missing out could potentially be seen as a bit of a kind of a mental health issue. And what I mean by that is, you know, you are you are sort of pulling, like I said, pulling triggers earlier that that 
can cause feelings of anxiety and things like that. You know, it's playing into, well, greed is possibly too strong a word, but it might be the opposite greed. You, you may be that you wish to, to avail yourself of a deal which um, just stops you wasting money. But I think sometimes it creates a bit of greediness in us, you know, the idea that, well, I could buy the $200 tier for 30,000, I don't know, iterations of whatever it might be, or I could go mm. for the $400 deal and get 80,000 instead. Oh yeah, that sounds better. I'll go for that just in case I'll use it. And you know, you <laughs> clearly thinking to yourself, I've never done anything like this in my life. I probably won't even use one of them, but something kicks in some part of ourselves that we maybe don't want to recognize um, something, like I said, maybe called greed or what have you. And you know, maybe it's getting us into situations that we don't need to be in. We're buying things, spending hundreds of dollars possibly on things that we really are not going to make use of, we're not going to need, we'll regret it down the line. And so there's those kind of arguments. And, you know, a side of ourselves that yeah. we that we don't probably want to paint too large, but we, we feel this sort of greedy desire to consume things that we think, oh, that's a good deal, get it, get it while it lasts. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think if you do a as I did a Google search on FOMO, you know the most of the articles I saw that weren't talking about how to use it in marketing were talking about exactly what you said the mental health issues, particularly about our youth in kind of modern you know with modern technology and social networks and about how that was affecting people. This you mentioned to me earlier, maybe you want to talk about that. You know mm. how you can see impacts on, you know, your children to a certain degree. Yeah. So the, I think it's just first thing to say is that we're just living in a, you and I are living in a generation where we've grown up with technology and there's been a slow but inexorable rise of technology dominating people's lives. But we've been insulated from the, from much of it because our, our ability to be cynical about certain things has, has evolved in us slowly. You know, we've had it slowly creep up on us. Computers were not really a wide commodity when we were kids. They slowly morphed into being sitting on everybody's desktop and then they slowly morphed into being in everybody's pocket. And that's kind of feels like where we are now. But I think the children growing up these days, th there wasn't that evolution. They're just now, in many cases, they turn let's say, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever the age may be. And then suddenly this device is in their pocket, which is a, a complete short circuit of all the things that we've taught them over time. You know, um, you've got to do all your homework and stuff and you've got to get on with life and you've got to make friends. And all of a sudden, all of the attention because of the platforms and the incredibly clever algorithms that they've got, kind of suck the children in and so the marketing channels circumvent things that you you would normally have done like in my case marketing came through magazines and it came through the television and things like that and there was an opportunity for my parents to sort of step in and say well you haven't got money for that they were watching the same commercial at the same time you can't afford that and so on and mm -hmm. um and, and anyway it's not the kind of thing that we think suitable for you whereas now all of these these things are being done you've got you know, you've got clever Instagram marketers who are being bought by large trainer manufacturers to kind of wear their products and to make it seem cool. And and I just I feel that we're at this point where we need to educate our children about this stuff. But I'm not sure that that we're 
in possession of the technology to do that. The the documentary that you alluded to earlier is now you may disagree with this but after seeing it you may think Wrigley that was just awful you know nobody should watch <laughs> that or take any notice of it but it's called called the social dilemma and it paints a rather dystopian picture of what we're doing to ourselves and what we're allowing to 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 create in our brains and you know when i say that i'm meaning like forging neural pathways of addiction to the devices that we've got and we're allowing platforms let's say for example like facebook to mm. to get into our stream of consciousness in a way that television adverts never did you know once the television was off the television has no way of confronting you with an advert whereas facebook really does they've got the notification panel on your ios device or android and in this way, they can keep you coming back. And the whole fear of missing out doesn't necessarily just relate to products. In many cases, it might relate to like social interactions. So for example, it might be that, you know, my three kids, my three friends, I should say, and I'm describing an interaction that might occur to children here. My three kids, uh, sorry, my three friends, they're all going out. Now, my problem now is I've got some homework to do. And I have the information that my best mates are going out and having a really nice time. Uh, mm. What do you do? And it's very difficult. These situations we didn't face. But anyway, so FOMO encapsulates more than just commerce. Yeah. And I think maybe it just affects us as well. I mean, we see, we know each other because of a Facebook group, mm. um, you know, and we're fed certain information to us most of the deals that i hear about that attract me come out of a facebook group but often from you nathan <laughs> for the things that i buy but i'm quite pleased with the things that i bought but um but i notice this happening and um there is that sort of sense of exclusivity i mean i think i mean i mean a question a sub question in this is whether this kind of new wave of fomo marketing is good for wordpress generally and and uh, the products that are made for wordpress and i i I have a few doubts about that. I'm supposed to be arguing the the, the pro FOMO because we get some fabulous deals here um, through it, which I've availed myself of many WordPress products, which I probably wouldn't have bought, but I'm pleased I have at such a cheap rate. But I do worry. Do you? Well, it almost feels to me now that the, the process of launching almost any product online is to mm. launch with a lifetime deal. That, that mm. almost feels to me like that's, that's the playbook, that you, you get your MVP, get some feedback. Once it's ready to go, do an initial lifetime deal to get in some probably much-needed capital and then go from there. I mean, how many products can you think of in the last six months that have launched with a lifetime deal? And I'm hoping the answer is quite a lot. Well, I can can think of absolutely loads yeah. of things that have been on lifetime deal. So it, it, I feel it, it is the way that it's going. It's just a way of, it's almost like raising seed capital. You know, it's a way of, you've got something, you just want to prove that it's worth continuing with, do it on a lifetime deal and hope for the best. The problem with the whole lifetime deal FOMO thing is that, that there now also seems to be an underbelly of people who have, tried out a product, sold it on a lifetime deal, realized that either it was never going to succeed or there wasn't enough interest in it, and then they just abandoned it. And so yeah. that endeavor to keep the whole thing going has kind of been lost right at the outset. And we've all heard stories about uh, companies that have really 
abuse their lifetime deal buyers because they promised that such and such will happen in on this roadmap and so on and so forth. And it's just not materialized. And so from that point of view, I think that's really detrimental to the WordPress space. You know, if we're going to buy things and then they just evaporate, I mean, what's it called? There's even a word for it, isn't there? Vaporware or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, vaporware. And that that just tells you the harm that's going on. So again, we've totally potentially flipped, but I think... I think if you can buy things and you feel good about it and it works out on the rare occasion that maybe it works out really well for you, buying some kind of lifetime FOMO deal, that's great. But it doesn't seem to be the norm. The norm, yeah, I feel, is either that you buy it and never use it or that you buy it and it wasn't what you expected or that you buy it and it completely fails and you never hear from them again or they go out of business or something. And... I'm sure that if you're a product maker, this is this is your kind of worst nightmare in a way. You know, you've built it. You're hoping to have some sort of sustainable income. Until quite recently, that sustainable income model felt fairly secure as a monthly or an annual subscription. And now the masses are, are clamoring for you to release a lifetime deal at all times and kind of saying that they're going to withhold, you know, I'm not going to buy anything unless it's on a lifetime deal. This kind of <laughs> thing is emerging. and. You can't have a product yes. on lifetime deal forever. Yes. Well, again, it's become a sort of model, whether accidental or it's just led by the buying public. But, you know, Thrive Themes is an example that I know of. That you mean Thrive seems Cart? To be permanent. Oh, I do. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thrive Cart, they, I mean, they're constantly on a, a live, well, they have been for a three, maybe four years. But it has gone up the price on that. But you do think, I wonder if that was a deliberate marketing plan. So there was always a sense of FOMO with it. Um, and they're not the only people to do this. I, I know I watched a review on them and somebody was talking about this model being quite common, particularly in that type of product. So, you know, they're using FOMO all the time. It's a permanent on thing, aren't they? They are increasing the prices as they go along, but generally it's the idea that if you get in now, you get this lifetime deal, which is going to be better than later. Yeah, I I, I get what you mean. I suppose the the sort of underlying current with or the, the underlying problem with that model is, and I should say that Thrivecart is actually, as from my point of view, from where I'm standing, I think it's a cracking product. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. They've had this model where it's lifetime. I don't know that they've ever been dishonest about that. In other words, no. it, it always felt like, well, it always feels to me like lifetime is a limited thing. In other words, we're doing lifetime pricing. Get it while you can. It'll run out soon. That feels like the mantra. But I don't think in the case of Thrivecart, they ever said that. They've just said it's, you know, yeah. maybe they did. Maybe I'm wrong about that, you know, for a limited time. Uh, so maybe they are playing that game a little bit, but certainly it hasn't moved off lifetime pricing for many years. But the price well, has gone up. So they've managed yes, to iterate yes. the software. It has definitely got better. They've added loads of features. But they're obviously seeing this as a as a successful business model. You know, subscriptions seem to be taking over the universe. Well, now maybe not. And I can think of so many things on my Mac that I've bought as a one-off fee, like for example, Logic, which is an audio program I use. I bought it from Apple, one-time price, but there was no hint of 
fear of missing out or any of that. That's just the price that you pay. But Thrivecart seemed to have deployed this in a sort of FOMO way and been very successful with it and managed to get good reviews and bump the price up. But I'm not sure that that'll work forever because you see a you see a growing trend of people, and I am going to call out Thrivecart for this because you you hear kind of mocking comments in some Facebook groups about the pricing of Thrivecart because people just mocking the fact that, well, it's always on lifetime. It's not that that's just totally weird that they would say that, you know, calling them out on the fact that this lifetime pricing never ends. Well, from where they're sitting, it's probably very successful. <laughs> Why not continue with something that's successful? But from the outside, in the end, I'm not sure if it doesn't erode trust in your company. Yeah, I think that is that is the difficulty i think i mean on your side of things where fomo doesn't work i mean we've talked about products a lot and do you think services can be sold with fomo in the same way without like you're saying eroding trust yeah i i'm i'm really struggling to think of any kind of way that i could sell what i do you know so basically build a website maintain a website iterate on a website you know add new features to the website and so on i'm really struggling to think of a way that i would feel comfortable doing that as a lifetime pricing just simply because i don't have the reach now you know if i had a reach into thousands of people i had a big audience then it might make sense because the the impact of the amount of money i could raise very quickly might be worth doing you know if i could suddenly raise i don't know i'm making numbers up 250,000 pounds out of selling a lifetime deal um, to some service that I had, fair enough. But I, yeah. I, I, I just have nothing like that, no reach like that. It's just local clients. So to me, I can't imagine any way of putting FOMO. The only situation where I could put FOMO in, I feel successfully, is just like on a, on a quote. When I quote for a particular mm. a job, I say, look, this price, this pricing is valid until, and I might say a month. Mm. And really all I'm doing there is yeah. saying, you know, come back to us with this exact project and we'll honor that price as opposed to, yeah. I'm not really trying to create any sort of sense of FOMO. It's literally don't come back to us in a, in six weeks time with a seven more things that you want to do and try and get it for the same price. Uh, yeah, I'm struggling yeah. to see how we could apply it in in the building websites business but certainly in the wordpress ecosystem it's used all the time mm. isn't it you know services lifetime pricing on i don't know i've even heard of it on hosting for goodness sake that just seems like almost suicide <laughs> but i've heard of it but plugins lifetime deals all the time um loads of things that it could be used for but just not in the area where i sit I mean, maybe when we think of FOMO, we think of this kind of obvious marketing, but maybe all of the aspects of it we do employ in our services, and maybe also with digital products, are not actually entirely free. If you promise to support them, they do mm. take up service time as well. So I think maybe we do naturally invoke some FOMO where we can. So, if, you know, I was mentioning the magic email. It's a sense of trying to get yeah. somebody to respond, a bit of urgency. And you might just say, you know, look, you know, I can start on your website now and maybe it'll be a bit lower because I've got the business, but I'm going to be busy later or something. You might just take any opportunity to, to show that you're not so easily available, but they might get the deal now. 
uh, or even, yes. uh, you know, people, we put our prices up. So you're starting out in your web business and go, look, I'll do the websites now because I'm actually still building up my portfolio. So I'll give you a bit less on that, but my prices would normally be higher as, as is in line with other people or whatever you would say. It, it may not be exactly the truth, but you'd probably try and manipulate people to, yeah. so they valued you more. Have you ever done... <laughs> you maybe don't want to answer this question. Have you ever done like fake discounting? That is to say, you know, you've you've kind of put out a price. Uh, let, let's say that you want to build somebody's website, and really the price that you want to get from them is nine hundred dollars or something. And you've you've just said, well, it'll be twelve hundred dollars, but if you get it in the next week, I'll just knock knock some dollars off, and we'll take it down to nine hundred instead. Have you ever deployed any of that shady stuff? Uh. Well, I tried something once and it was a complete fail. Actually, no work came out of it. I told you I did some <laughs> cold calling stuff with with a special deal, particularly people who were connected to my colleague that I would do these kind of quick sites and then I knew they wouldn't spend a lot of money, but absolutely failed. Nobody took me up at all. It must yeah. have looked so naff. So, well, yeah, isn't that it though? That. Isn't that the point that in this day and age when we're confronted with FOMO all the time that most people I think are becoming highly alert to it and the the bs ometer is is highly tuned to figure out well hang on a minute if you're giving me a website for 900 dollars, well that's the price now it's not 1200 and it never was because you could have afforded it at that point so i must admit i'm very skeptical of this kind of stuff I, you know if something if something is on offer uh, something substantial on offer. I realize that, you know, maybe that commodities can be lowered in price for a finite amount of time. But if you can build a website today for $900, probably you can build it tomorrow for $900 as well. Yeah, I guess most of this is about how well it's done as mm. well. Going back to that kind of ecosystem thing, I, I'm in two minds about this one because part of me thinks this may be a good because there's a lot of people out there um particularly for where i am kind of in the <clears throat> excuse me in the east who are uh, uh, wanting to break through got new developers lots of new skills coming out there they want to break into say building the, the next wordpress big uh, seo plugin or, or um forms plugin but it's already a crowded market it's their only way in isn't it into the ecosystem if they're doing pretty much something that's already in a saturated market is to offer kind of some special deals mm. but also the the plus side of that is um they might turn out to be just the best people doing these and also it's there's a lot of new people coming into the wordpress ecosystem who won't pay the big money that existing established um, owners of these plugins want to charge. So, you know, yeah, I can see I, a good. I, I think you're totally right. And the, the reason I'm saying that is because I have, I have been the recipient of mm. a deal that I probably never would have bought. In, in other words, their marketing probably never would have reached me unless mm. it had been a lifetime deal. And as mm. a result, people were talking about it in the Facebook groups that I frequent and i needed something similar all of those things kind of aligned and it and it worked out and and in some cases i've been really happy and so i i kind of don't feel like i've been fomoed if that's a word um <laughs> successfully yeah. in those cases i just feel oh, that was a good deal whereas in other cases i feel like mm, i don't know this just feels so fake this just feels so weird there's just something fishy about this so yeah when it works to my benefit i'm happy 
totally happy for FOMO yeah. to have been deployed. But when it doesn't work to my benefit or it's a product that I don't need, I just think, oh, no, FOMO, go away. <laughs> there, there is, I think the bad side of it is I wonder in the WordPress ecosystem itself whether it's just leading people to go after um to do pretty much the same thing as an, an established plugin is already doing rather than try and invent some uh, subsection some kind of uh, there, i'm sure there are lots of gaps i've found in myself i can't think of one to mind but things that are missing mm. in wordpress that really wish was around and no one's producing that so they maybe just you know, using this FOMO stuff to go after the forms or the SEO or whatever it is mm. yeah, as direct competition. So I wonder if it just leads to a bit of that as well. I wonder if if we were, because clearly neither of us are plugin developers, I wonder how much heartache this causes, you know, those people who've got a product and they know that it's of value and they know that out there, there are rivals who are more established mm. than them who are charging, I don't know, $20, $30 a month or whatever it might be. And it just seems so galling to have to go through the lifetime pricing model or the FOMO model in some way just to get recognition. But I guess that's the game we play, right? Just that's um, how it is. But it must be all this hard work and you've got to then service these people for life. And many of them probably won't value it because they've just paid once and they are now on the same tier as everybody else. It's really difficult. If there are any developers who face this frustration, it'd be quite interesting to to hear about your your annoyances and grievances or good experiences i suppose in the comments yeah, yeah. interesting i i i'm so caught with this in that i kind of wish the whole fomo thing would go away because i can feel that i have been parted with money that i shouldn't have parted with i've been burned by this mm. without a doubt but i kind of think it's almost a bit like balancing some scales the amount of times that I've been burnt, I feel on balance is about equal to the amount of times that I've had a real success. I could name you five yeah. or six things that I've used constantly that appear to have got through the lifetime deal FOMO phase and are now on a rock solid subscription basis. And I'm mm -hmm. benefiting massively from that. And I feel really good about that. But I'm I'm sort mm. of a bit annoyed at myself for letting my guard down for the the ones that went wrong. Yeah, I would say the same for me. I, I think overall, and even if the products themselves haven't gone on to be like a huge success, I think the value I've had out of them for what I've paid, I'm I'm, I'm quite happy. You know, although cynical like you about the model and the playing on people's emotions and perhaps not the best side of who I am. Um, you know, it's kind of worked out quite well <laughs> yeah yeah the um the, the 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 sort of possible way to end this is to say that um you know wp builds are about to launch a lifetime deal um and you get <laughs> you get access to all of our back catalog of uh <laughs> podcast episodes for the grand sum of zero pounds <laughs> there's no fomo in podcasting just listen or don't listen <laughs> yeah I think it sounds like we're done now. Yeah, that sounds like the perfect place to end it. The answer is we don't know. If it works for you, no. buy it. If it doesn't, then berate <laughs> it. <laughs> right, nice one. That was a good chat. Thanks, David. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Well, there you go. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. Always a pleasure chatting to David Wormsley about these things. And it's such an interesting subject, fear of missing out. Who knew that there was so much to say on the subject?
If you enjoyed it, please comment. If you didn't enjoy it, please comment. You can do that over at wpbuilds.com. Find the post. Alternatively, you can go into our Facebook group and find the post related to it there. But we'd be very, very pleased indeed if you wanted to let us know what you thought of the episode. And if you fancy giving us a rating on iTunes or some other such platform, I'd be most appreciative. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set your AB Split Tests up in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. You can check it out at absplittest.com. Okay, we'll be back next Thursday for another podcast episode, most likely an interview. We'll be back on Monday for This Week in WordPress, as I mentioned at the top of the show. And you never know, there might be some action in the Facebook group during the week as well. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WP builds. Until next time, stay safe. I hope you have a good week. Bye bye for now. Cheesy music fading in.